Episode 239 of the American Entrepreneur Podcast. Quantum physics saved me. This is going to be harping on a message I sent to a friend. It's 6.25 in the morning right now. Finished some of this video and sent it to a friend. It's a video labeled Donald Hoffman. Reality is an illusion. How evolution hid the truth. Lex Friedman podcast. And so, for those of you who are going through... Maybe... Negative mindsets, perspectives. uh, Bad emotions. Bad times. This is for you, because... Uh, this information or this realization or whatever this this turns into this it saved my shitty perspective and it saved my therefore my shitty mood because I was projecting a shitty perspective onto life and so here it goes so I sent the video and I said it's crazy how the scientists always have the same discovery as a spiritualist 500 years ago and so you guys know it's as if scientists forgot their interpretation of space and time itself is a projection. Uh, So for like 400 years, we were more accurate, but still not precise because we never thought to question where all were bias. Begins and ends. Folks, the science that you understand and know today is not accurate everything you've ever been taught from space-time to gravity like nothing you believe is real is what we thought it was and so as i stand here today the conclusion from a course of miracles a course of miracles is a spiritual book there's three things that apply to this with quantum physics one a course of miracles two transcending the levels of consciousness by david hawkins and then three Donald Hoffman's view on reality being an illusion uh, saved me. So, Course of Miracles says time does not exist. Transcending the levels of consciousness says time is a mechanism created by the ego for survival. Uh, Course of Miracles believes that our belief in time is a mistake. And the book is to get you to undo that. And then you have Donald Hoffman, who also believes that space-time is a mistake. According to him, it's not just him who thinks it's it's been complete. It's agreed upon space-time is bullshit. Or at least our our model we use called space-time to understand the galaxy. So you have this weird two spiritual books, Transcending the Level of Consciousness, which says our ego... Uh, created time as a defense mechanism you have so it's transcending levels of consciousness by david hawkins who's a psychotherapist and then you have a course in miracles which says the same thing that our belief in time is a creation by the ego it's illusory and now you have the physicist saying that our belief in time is an illusion and it was created by the ego 
And that is precisely Donald Hoffman's point, is that through evolution, our perception developed for survival, not for objective accuracy. And so the question is, is there such thing as a human perspective unbiased by the human need to survive? And the answer turns out so far to be no. So Donald Hoffman says, evolution creates drives that make it 0% possible. It's a, that's an interesting number. Donald Hoffman says, evolution creates drives that makes it 0% possible for us to see reality in real time. David Hoffman also says the model of space and time is 100% already doomed. And space-time is a projection. He is literally saying that evolution made us see things delusionally. Which is exactly what transcending the levels of consciousness and A Course in Miracles is saying. Uh, particularly transcending A Course in Miracles is about the ego. Transcending is about the evolution of the entire psyche included but not limited to the ego. Uh, the connector between these two ideas for me was transcending the levels of consciousness. It says the ego is basically the less evolved part of our psyche. And as a species, we are slowly evolving past this. So, if you want to follow the evolution of our perception, you watch science. People think we're realizing new things, but we're not. It's more like we're unrealizing illusory perceptions first. And then reality is something we can come in direct contact with by the nature of our creating of it in the end. Uh, Donald Hoffman also says that we live in a field of possibilities, which is ironically what David Hawkins and all the spiritualists say, is it not? Science is just spirituality for stupid people. Spirituality is just a secondhand smoke from reality. That's my grand conclusion on that. Perceiving reality correctly increases the ability to survive and reproduce. That also explains why smart people get laid. Your boy ain't a 6'5", extremely naturally confident person, so relying on the literal base nature of women got me laid so much it was like pressing a button. So essentially, the basic layman's version of quantum physics is what pulled me out of depression. How would this apply to your life? Because your inaccurate perception is like a seed in your brain and the tree that grew is putting a knot in your neck. Inaccurate perception. Quantum physics undepressed me on an extremely pragmatic level. And this is how. <clears throat> and this is for you overthinkers out there. I've seen life as a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And I proved it. I remember going to therapy and my only goal in therapy was to prove to the therapist that I had proof, undeniable proof, that the galaxy is a dog-eat-dog -dog world and that anybody who didn't believe that was naive. And even though I didn't want it to be, it just is. I would look at the objective facts and I would say, well, here's the conclusion. Now, A Course in Miracles said, you can't see objective facts. Since that's negated, like, like a math problem, right? You know how you subtract one part of it and you, you're left with the other part? The world is 
does this, therefore the world is a bad place. I'm telling you, you can't perceive the world accurately. Therefore, you negate the world does this and you're left with the world is a bad place. You're left with your conclusion for what it is. Uh, so quantum physics proved that the world can be one or the other or a few different things. But it's a choice chosen amongst a possibility field. And so the, world, the way we understand the universe currently, which is going to never stop changing ever, is there's a possibility field. And so I've seen the world as black and white. Um, when it's not black or white, it's quantum, right? It's not A or B. It's here is a series of possibilities that could possibly happen. And then one happens. So how do you know which one happens? And how do you know what the possibility field is? And that's what these things come down to. David Hawkins and Fred Dotson showed me the possibilities that aren't given. They're possibilities given based off of the level of emotional reality I choose first to resonate with, which then creates the field. So if I'm in a bad mood and I go to a dangerous environment, there's three or four things that can happen in the dangerous environment. How is my mood going to affect which one of those three or four things do or don't happen? And so um, it showed me that life isn't black and white. It's a possibility field. Um, and, and since I thought life was black and white, my decisions were black and white instead of based off of possibility field. So a high vibration person wouldn't even be attracted to people, places, or events that have a possibility field of shitty outcomes to begin with. Every bad dream you've ever had started with the acceptance of the field you were resonating with at the beginning of the dream. And so, uh, kind of a, a butchered quote from A Course in Miracles, the world is meaningless. You give it its value. When the words you have written are erased, his words will be revealed. And so the irony of what the irony of what Donald Hoffman is getting across is that our ego, which is our survival mechanism, pasted our own meaning onto the world. And therefore, we cannot see the world for what it is. Which is exactly what A Course in Miracles says. The world is meaningless. You give it value. When the words you have written are erased, his words will be revealed. This is possibly one of the most intelligent, and I don't mean woo-woo, I'm smart. Possibly one of the most intelligent things that I'm going to say in all 200 and whatever, 40 of all of these podcasts I've made over the past three, four years. Most intelligent conclusion that I'm having right now is that every thought you could have, every experience you could have is the ego speaking to itself. Therefore, I sit here and I have these discoveries and I go, oh my God, this is crazy, this is crazy, awesome. Why is this, oh my God, it's beginning to make sense. But it's, it's, it's the ego speaking to itself. The you that, that right here, right now could possibly perceive the avatar of your personality. The me I'm thinking with, the me I'm talking with, the experience that I'm projecting onto myself right now. 
it's 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 the ego speaking to itself. I can't condense that anymore because every time I start to have this thought, the explanation of it disappears. It's so hard to access. It's so hard for my brain to access this thought because it is such an illusory. It's it's it it's like a tongue twister but for your brain. It's it's like you, your brain will slip just like in a tongue twister. It's very strange. Uh, just tell yourself that my ego is speaking to itself. The thoughts that I hear are my thoughts to myself. The realizations I have are my realizations to myself. Um, we give meaning to things so deeply and we go, oh my God, it makes sense. But it doesn't make more or less sense. Your ego is making sense of itself. And so the problem with reading spiritual books and receiving information and you receiving knowledge from the outside, the problem with you doing that is that you're already living in an illusory projection. And from the paradigm of illusory projection... You can't perceive anything else other than more illusory projections. They can do nothing but add layers. And so there's no level of understanding of things that your ego or brain could possibly obtain that would undo itself by the nature of the ego's mechanisms of perception. And so I say, don't ever try to figure it out. Don't ever try to understand it. I mean, if you do, have fun with it. Don't place emphasis on the outcome. Because your ego will never unrealize itself. Um, there's a quote from another Donald Hoffman interview where he said, a system cannot truly know itself. Because in order for a system to know itself, it must perceive itself. And in order for something to perceive itself, it must be distanced enough from itself to see itself. Your eyeball cannot see your eyeball. It must separate itself to see itself. Therefore, in, in order for the ego to understand, in order for you to completely understand yourself, you have to separate yourself from yourself in order to perceive yourself. I'm not saying this is something you do as in an action you choose to do. I'm just plotting out the math of how this would or wouldn't work to begin with. You can't see something that's not there. Therefore, there must be a seer and a thing to be there in order to create what we call seeing, right? And it's funny because this used to be explained to me in like Buddhist concepts when I was younger. Not even quantum physics, Buddhist, right? And it never made sense because I the way they were phrasing it I was like oh so I do this it's not a doing we're just understanding and the understanding is hard enough so let's wait for the doing part in order for you to see something there must be the thing over it's so simple the thing has to be it's it's simpler than you think that's why it's so confusing to understand in order for you to see something it's I promise just take it for what it is don't overthink just take it as a fact Okay, so for me to see something, it must be over there for me to see it, right? Okay, therefore, there's me and there's a thing as be seen. That's, that's two things, right? Well, how can I see myself without a mirror? 
Like, how do I look at my face without it? You can't do that. I would need a mirror. You, a thing can't look at itself. It would have to be over there to look at itself. Therefore, a system cannot self-perceive. Because perception is an imprint of reality. In order to create perception, you must have two different things. And so a system can never truly know itself. Therefore, the idea that your ego is going to realize itself, your ego itself is going to realize, it's not going to happen. The ego by its very nature is illusory, transcending levels of consciousness influencing my thoughts at this point. The nature of the ego is illusory. It, it's, um, I'll give you an example of your ego in action. You wanting people to like you. But then when they like you, you don't care about them liking you or you hate them liking you. That's because the ego wants them to fall in love with its perception of itself. However, when people fall in love with that ego, the ego is an illusion to begin with, so people have fallen in love with nothing. And therefore, you realize the person who likes you doesn't like you. They like the ego's activities, which is not who you are anyways. So the ego trying to get people to like it doesn't make sense because the moment that people like it, it, it devalues people liking it. Uh, that's the nature of the ego. It is, in a, it is a self-replicating illusion whose only goal is the continuation of the self replication of the illusion so the idea that you're going to use the ego's knowledge to get past the ego is ridiculous there's no amount of things that you could learn that would unravel you from those thoughts there are no volumes of objects you can drop into a black hole until the black hole turns into something that's not a black hole the dynamics of the way your perception works is we don't always have to know why, but what will suffice, and then we can move into why. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's been my uh, highest IQ, whatever, from these books channeling all these meanings into my mind and into this podcast for you who are hearing it right now. Your ego will never... Um, it will never suffice. It will never... Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it won't suffice. Um, your eye can't look at its eye. The ego cannot do what its attempt is to do. The, the ego is illusory by its nature. It's a... It's a deliberate illusion. There's a quote from The Transcending Levels of Consciousness. It says, Resistance comes from the secret pleasure the ego gains from drama. And they say, all oh, life's a stage. I can't help but think one day we'll wake up from all of this. And, and if my ego was ever to realize, oh my God, I'm waking up. See that again, that still wouldn't make sense. We'll wake up from the illusion. But the more that you wake up, the more that you induce the journey of the ego, which is a pointless journey, only deeper and deeper towards more and more illusions. Uh, so filling my head with science and stuff, I think uh, maybe the reason that these books, right? Maybe the reason that you're hearing that these books helped is because that's knowledge and my, my ego used it to re-solidify its illusion by using tr 
like you know how liars will use truth to lie the ego goes oh my god i realized the truth but then it's using it behind my back to recreate at yet the next level of illusions and so on and so on and so i will dive infinitely into the layers of illusions until infinity does not suffice until i realize a million billion zillion illusions in oh there's no end to this thing and then i realize that i've walked a thousand steps into a labyrinth and that is what the ego seems to be like what is beyond the ego um i want to understand things your real mind already understands everything uh, why do you why do you think oh we need to break into the unconscious mind the unconscious mind is p- perhaps your representation of who you really are anyways and so the any question you have can only be met by an answer do you see the dual role of how everything works questions can only have answers Um, So by the nature of your ego questioning its reality, it can only gain answers. But the irony is that the ego only creates questions in which it already understands the answer to anyways. The ego only creates questions in which it already understands the answer anyways. And so the ego's resistance, or our resistance towards base reality, or our resistance towards complete accurate perception comes from the joy that we gain from drama the joy that we gain from confusion the joy that we gain from misunderstanding the joy that we gain from this illusory journey where we ask a magical question and we go on a quest and find the magical answer is the journey of the ego perhaps more than the soul as it is said maybe the soul is a part of the whole is the whole and and the ego is a part of that and so you, it's, it's so hard. My, see, you can hear my brain doing it right now. The ego wants a conclusion so fucking badly. It wants a master understanding of the galaxy put on a silver platter and handed to it at an elite level of under, like, it's, it's not going to happen. The nature of understanding is illusory is what I'm getting at. The nature of understanding in and of itself is illusory. The part of you who needs to gain understanding is the dumbest part of you anyways. And so relying on your own understanding instead of something much deeper than that just seems so... a little bit counterproductive. Um, But that is the nature of the ego, is this belief that we are going to understand. This belief that we are getting from point A to point B. You know, when it comes to, inf- I guess, in the in the nature of infinity, there is no movement because everything is relative to infinity, and therefore nothing can move relative. In order for things to be relative, there must I think there must be the thing, and then the other thing, and then there must be a perception of space for those two things to move through. And so there's no medium for things to move through because infinity relative to itself has no negative space. 
and so there is no movement in infinity. Therefore, in the grand scheme of things, relatively speaking, there is no movement. Um, space-time itself creates the idea of movement and the idea, according to these neuroscientists, uh, they could be wrong, according to these neuroscientists and these spiritualists for the past thousands of years, um, space-time is a creation of the mind. And space-time is doomed according to modern science. So our... I'm going from here to here. That's an illusion of progress. And that illusion of progress here to there has a presupposition of space-time, which is an invention of the ego. So I'm writing a book right now called The Illusion of Progress. And this is now going to be a part of that. Oh, space, time, and the idea of movement. Because the question comes down to, if there's no progress, then how come I can go to work and then get money and then use that to pay rent and eat food? That sounds like progress to me, bro. And so a part of my brain says, is it progress or are you? And so the book that I'm writing, there's a story in the book. John lives on an apple farm. John then goes out to the world to get a job so that he can have a job. And he gets a job so that he can afford a car to go back and forth from work. And he uses that car to get back and forth from work. And when he gets back and forth from work, he uses all of his money to go to an apple store so that he can eat and goes home and every day and buys apples and eats. So the... the Kind of butchering it, but the moral of the story is a guy who lives on a fucking apple farm does not need to go and get a job so that he can go back and forth to work so that he can buy apples so that he can live. For what reason would he not just live on the fucking apple farm, eat the apples, and sell the apples? This lack of resonating with the self is what ego is. Ego is the lack of resonating with the self. That is what it is. That is the nature of the lack of resonating. The lack of letting reality land. The lack of letting things make sense is the nature of the ego. Illusion is the nature. The need to get is the nature of the ego. The betrayal of self, the devaluation of the self, the uh, betrayal and the turning away from natural energy. The attempt to overcome God as if you have to create meaning, you have to create energy, you have to get meaning, you have to get energy, is an illusion, a betrayal of God, and a, an attempt to supersede God in his creation of your experience. And so the book, what the book comes down to is um, the, the ego's ability... To make us pointlessly attempt to to be further and further from true energy source, further and further from the truth, closer and closer to illusion, closer and closer to the argument, closer and closer to the inaccurate projection of reality as a space-time simulator. Um... 
And so why does John leave the apple farm? To get a job at an apple store so that he can afford a car to go home and have a place to live so that he can go get apples on a farm. Or so he can go buy apples to eat. That's because John likes drama. John didn't want to just stay home and eat apples and fucking sell the apples he had. No, he had to go on a pointless journey on a pointless quest. Is that there's, there's a phrase called the ego's pointless journeys in A Course in Miracles. I'm not sure if this is exactly what it means, but I'm just going to take a guess and say perhaps that's what they're getting at is John could stay fucking at his apple farm, eat apples, harvest apples, sell apples, resonate with value on his apple farm, but he didn't resonate with that because John loves fucking drama. So he went and said, no. I need to get a job at this type of place. I need to get a job at the Apple store. Gets a job and says, I'm doing pretty good at my Apple store job. Then goes, man, life is just so hard, though. I need to pay rent. And he's like, well, at least I have the, at least I have this money to buy apples to eat. Because John loves drama. It's not obvious to John that he lives on a fucking apple farm. He doesn't resonate with value because resonation with value is the opposite of drama. And so we must create this separated self or we've chosen or or we're realizing our ability to create separate separate perceptions of reality that distance us from ourselves and the truth. Resistance comes from the secret satisfaction that the ego gets from drama. And so to conclude this, is space-time a projection of our fucking resistance? Not our resistance as in our inability to know, but our ability to purposely not know. Is that what we project into space-time? And was my perception of reality, down to quantum physics inaccurate because my ego makes me inaccurately perceive the obvious did i believe the ego was a dog-eat-dog place because of the secret satisfaction that i gained from drama is it the the negative vibration that i've kept with me that has attracted me to these negative fields of possibility And if we decided to stop resisting and and completely let go of all of our dramatic presuppositions, all of our dramatic relationships with life, would they cease to exist? It's worth questioning. The last part to this that I have as this applies to entrepreneurship and sales, because I get in a lot of stuff, but let's remember what this podcast is here for. Iron sharpens iron as far as entrepreneurship goes. And so applying this to sales, persuasion, and entrepreneurship, the reason that this book started, The Illusion of Progress, is because I realized... It's too deep to go into how I had this realization. 
we'll go over it another time. But I had this realization that success is, um, and I've heard somebody else say it this way, which I like, it is procedure minus self-sabotage. Because I've met people who knew more than other people about what to do and still didn't do it. It's always been very strange to me. And, and, and I've seen every type of person resist obvious, the obvious next moves that they should take. Uh, one of, one of the, the people that I train to do sales, 18 years old, in high school, selling almost at the same price that my company does, calling on people and gaining clients. And I think, how the hell is this kid 18, I'm 28? You know, he's fucking awesome. I'm saying, what is it that, a lot of people, I think they get older, they don't get inspired by people younger than them anymore. It's an absolute horseshit. But this person's 10 years younger than me, doing the same thing that I'm doing. But, like, if you talk to him about it, he wouldn't be like, yeah, hoorah. Like, he'd just be like, oh, no, I just, I was told to do this and this, and I did it, and it worked. There wouldn't be this deep entrepreneur story, dramatic role play of, and um, maybe that's perhaps in other areas of his life. But let me tell you what, it definitely doesn't have it here. And then I meet people who've ran millions of dollars literally hundreds of fucking millions of dollars and i'm i'm not talking out of my ass i'm being deliberate with the numbers i'm using millions of dollars who didn't have that confidence there is it confidence i don't know who did who didn't do that who didn't succeed in the same way and so i need i don't care about whatever everyone else is figuring out what they're figuring out fuck them let them figure out what they want to figure out this is what's being figured out in this galaxy right now how do people move at such light speed? What part of the mind makes people resist the obvious? And it took me so long, and it came down to the ego. The ego has resistance because of the secret satisfaction that it gains from drama. And my conclusion at this point in my life, for all you entrepreneurs out there who you have every logical step, but still it isn't clicking... You've been doing it for years. You have so much experience. How is it not clicking for you of all people? I'll tell you what it is. If you're one of those people right now, this is going to change your motherfucking life. You're welcome. Uh, pay it forward to somebody else. I love you. If you come from a uh, traumatic background or negative background anyway, you will have an attraction towards things going wrong. And when you become more educated, things won't go wrong as much. And your brain will not be used to things going good, and it will self-sabotage on purpose. Resistance comes from the secret satisfaction that the ego gains from drama. I come from a very dramatic life. And as I became educated, things got easier. And because things got easier, I didn't have the perception of drama that I grew up in. And in order to move up, I had to let go of uh, the fight. 
I had to let go of the narrative. I had to let go of, oh, I'm going to work so hard and one day I'm going to... Because then when I finally got to one day, I had to let go of the one day story. And I'd found that I loved the one day story more than I loved the one day. And so uh, my new work is going to be on how to dissolve that, how to dissolve all of that. How to, practical tools to resolve that resistance from the ego so that you can move faster without your own drama, ironically enough for me without your own drama, without your own addiction to negativity holding you back. You ever been in a relationship where neither of you was arguing, but you felt the need to argue? Don't lie. Don't pretend you're not a human being. Don't pretend you're special. Every human being has had this. You're in a relationship and it's, it's just this weird urge to just disagree with something. It's, it's not even directed towards the person even. It's, it's an autonomous instinct almost. So, hey, we should turn left. I know, I know we should turn left. Why did you have to respond like that? Because you love drama. Right, the um, resistance comes from the secret joy the ego gets from drama. And so all the things that never worked out in my life when it comes to people that I care about, friendships, relationships, business partnerships, etc., etc., it's harder and harder for me to look back and say, well, this could have been solved. And maybe it could have, but then the truth is, what if the other person loves drama? It's like, uh, it's like objections in sales. They're smoke screens. And so when someone starts drama and says, the drama's because of this, it's a smoke screen. This has nothing to do with your dramatic ass. This is completely separate. It's a field of possibilities, and your dramatic ass is making the worst possibility happen every single opportunity you get. Uh, you'll understand this if you speak to an arrogant person. You'll be like, well, do this and it'll help. And they'll be like, well, how am I supposed to do this if this and this? Well, it's like, well, you could do this. And they're like, yeah, but what about every solution you have, they have a non-solution. Like for every solution you have, this person has a problem. And a part of your brain goes, maybe I'm just not explaining it well enough. And you explain, And every time you explain, there's another reason it doesn't work. With arrogance, especially with arrogance, when someone has to learn a lesson, they go, well, what about this situation? Okay, that's a field of possibilities if you're arrogant. And so people pull themselves into, if you're arrogant, you only see the four negative outcomes. That's my point. And so the lower you are in emotional state, the lower you are in your self-connection and your reducing perhaps some of the trauma that you have, I don't know how else to put it. Reducing some of the trauma you have makes you see more accurately. Not only do you see more accurately, you see more, in all human terms, you see outcomes that you want to have. You see things that you like, and those are your options. And so perhaps being happy is your duty. Not just hedonism, but being grateful and, and joyful and happy that is perhaps your responsibility to your own reality. To, to the own accurate perception of reality, it is actually your responsibility to be happy and grateful, not just a possibility. It's your responsibility. And so perhaps my brain is saying, I don't want you to be successful. I'm in a bad mood. I want to be in a good mood. <laughs> And then I'll let you be successful. Or maybe you be successful first. And my idea of success is like 
right now in my life, it would be my idea, my ego's idea, whatever. It'd be 15K a week commission. And if I hit that, then I'd go, oh, everything's great. Or maybe my mind's saying, I'm not even going to let you hit that until everything's great because I'm fed up with things not being good. You know how they say the animus for men? Maybe that's my, the inner woman saying, uh-uh, I'm not going on this journey with you any longer unless it's good. I'm not traveling over that mountain with you anymore unless there's something on the other side and unless, not if fuck the other side, the walk up the mountain better be good or I'm not going. Contrary to people's belief that you have to, no matter how you feel, get things done. Okay, true, but how are you ass- assuming that the way you feel is out of your control? That's That sounds like a fucking, you know, it's a, it's a man-child thought. Oh, you have to do things no matter how hard they are. Okay, well, I can do hard things and smile too. Those things have nothing to do with each other. And so maybe, yeah, maybe, and so, yeah, I meet the, peop- the people I meet who have that mindset, no matter how you feel, get things done, which is exactly who I used to be. They don't get much done. And I just think it's the irony of it all is that, I'm sorry, they work hard, fruitlessly, and are convinced in their own honor, is what I notice about this level of thinking. Um, And so, yeah, maybe your soul at a certain point says, uh-uh. If it's not getting me better, I'm not going. I'd rather live in drama than success. Because I, I haven't seen what the feeling of, not success, but the feeling is like, that f- that feeling of success you're aiming for is like. And the drama is more fueling than this illusory idea that you think one day you'll be happy. One day I'll feel great. Well, guess what, motherfucker? One day's not here, so I'd rather stick to the drama than the illusory promise of some other mode of being that I've never experienced. And so what I'm saying is maybe you have to feel better in order for your mind to give in to you, to submit to you and say, you know what, you've made things good enough, let's move forward. Maybe you are always negotiating with your inner self and saying, okay, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. This comes in forms of procrastination. When I stop procrastinating, the first thing I noticed is that it's not procrastinate or not procrastinate. It's how much or how little. And so it's, there's an infinite possibility of the lack of procrastination. It's not procrastinate or not. If you released your brakes, what speed would you move at? Is what I'm getting at here. And we'll refer to your ego as your brakes. What would happen if you took your brakes off? You wouldn't need to know every last secret in the galaxy. You would just go wherever you wanted to go. And so if your goal is to make which is nothing when it comes to numbers, let's, let's just say 10 mil a year, and you're shooting for 10 mil a year, you would, let's, let's say you, you hit a certain number, then you go, I can't make more than this. I don't want to be the, the face of attention. I'll be embarrassed easily if I'm in public because I'm a shy introvert. Uh, for fucking $10 million with you, is your ego really have that much resistance Right. And so, yeah, so the book will be about releasing resistance from a sales, spiritual, fucking quantum physics perspective at this point. And this is how quantum physics, spirituality saved me.